Missouri loses to Georgia 43-6, to and while the final score was to be expected, this was to me a more disappointing result because, well, I didn't learn a lot about either of the young quarterbacks from Missouri, and I'm really not sure what Eli Drinkwitz's plan is moving forward. All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week and this episode of locked on mizzou is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it And obviously, as expected, Missouri took a pretty severe beatdown in Athens, Georgia today. But you know what? I'm even more disappointed than I thought I would be because I thought this was a real opportunity for Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers program to learn something about their young quarterbacks. And to me, the biggest fault of this game is I didn't learn enough about either Tyler Macon or Brady Cook in this game, because quite honestly, while Macon started this game, well, we gave him a couple series, a couple drop passes went against him early, and then suddenly, oh, hey, let's just put in Brady Cook for a series or two. You know what? I know Eli Drinkwitz loves Steve Spurrier, the former Florida coach, of course. Well, Steve Spurrier, at one point, I remember in the 90s, alternated quarterbacks, and you know what? That didn't work out for Steve. So you would think that Eli would know better, but apparently he thinks he can do better than the old ball coach. Quite honestly, my opinion was, just to recap from this past week, I thought Missouri should have started Brady Cook, given him the ball the last the, these next two weeks, and just then reevaluate from there. Then maybe start Tyler Macon, who before this week had two weeks to play before burning that red shirt. Well, now, of course, he has one week to play. Apparently, Eli and the Tigers aren't concerned about Macon's red shirt, I have to assume at this point, if they started him in this game. But to me, even if you're going to start Macon, okay, I wasn't upset that Missouri started Tyler Macon at quarterback whatsoever. But to me, once you make that decision, you have to stick with Macon and see what he can do against this brutal, stingy Georgia Bulldogs defense. Because this actually gives you a very unique opportunity to evaluate a kid. And for a kid to also not only learn under the fire, but hopefully learn very quickly. Learn what he can do, learn what he can't do. Listen, we saw a moment where Macon, I believe, cut inside on a, on a run on third down where, to me, if he would have kept going outside, he would have probably gotten to the sticks and gotten the first down. Okay, great. To me, that's a learning moment. That's a thing that Tyler Macon will 
consciously put in the back of his head and say, hey, next time, you know what? I just need to keep going to the outside and not try to necessarily cut it up and make a huge play. But against a defense like Georgia in the Southeastern Conference, I just need to get to the sticks and move the chains. But to me, when we started rotating quarterbacks in this ball game, well, neither player could get in a rhythm, and the receivers couldn't get in a rhythm too. Because guess what? You notice that Tyler Macon and, J- and Brady Cook throw different style footballs. Macon will actually drop his arm angle down a little bit reminiscent of Patrick Mahomes sometimes when he throws those sidearm balls. Well, those balls were dropped occasionally by some Missouri receivers. But then, okay, now you bring in, you bring, excuse me, sorry, you bring in Brady Cook, and then all of a sudden you have a more conventional over-the-top thrower at times. I thought that not only took the quarterbacks out of rhythm, but it took the receivers and the whole offense out of rhythm too. There's a reason why quarterback is the one position you don't rotate because you kind of need that that consistency from your signal caller for better or worse. No matter what their strengths and weaknesses are, you kind of have to know what your offense is going to be moving forward. So to me, I thought Eli Drinkwitz made a huge mistake this week. If you're going to start Tyler Macon, then fine, start him. Play him the entire game. Tell him, here's the playbook. Give him the opportunity to see the defense and figure it out as he goes. And vice versa for Brady Cook. Same deal. Now, again, based on Tyler Macon's red shirt status, his his possibility for burning his red shirt here at the end of the season, well, I would have just started Brady Cook the next two games and then reevaluate. Reevaluate maybe if you want to see some Macon the last two weeks or maybe Basilak comes back and is more healthy, and you want to see more from him too. But either way, I just think the sort of alternating snaps between both guys, alternating series between both guys, to me was neither fish nor foul, and actually hurt both guys. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure you learned enough to make this experience and this experiment worth it. I really don't. I thought that was a huge, huge missed opportunity by Eli Drinkwitz and this whole staff to not just take one of these quarterbacks and say, hey, hand him the car keys and say, hey, it's your ship. We're we're all hopping on. Let's go. You know, once again, for all of Eli Drinkwitz's bravado in the preseason at SEC Media Days and, and with the local media at times, at least in t- in, until the past few weeks when he's tasted some losses, well, Man, that guy has been awfully, awfully conservative at times, not only with time management, but especially lately with play calling, too. It seems like even on third and seven, Drinkwitz at all, at times is afraid to throw the ball to the sticks. And I want to talk a little bit more about, to me, his overly conservative play calling. But first, I do want to tell you about our title sponsor, and that is, of course, McDonald's, who has been serving all of us in our community since 1965. And of course, Mickey D's has always been more than just a place to get that wonderful, affordable food. It's also a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and, of course, an endless 
supply of French fr- of French fries and McFlurries. Easy for me to say, right? Well, win or lose, if you're a Tiger fan, McDonald's is a place where we can all go to reconnect and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's now. Did somebody say locked on Mizzou watch party? Well, I think that's a pretty great idea. Which which location do you want to go to? That's the only question. So McDonald's get you some food, reconnect, refuel right now at McDonald's. I'm loving it. Missouri ran so many quarterback draws against Georgia on Saturday that it was kind of reminiscent of the Michael Bishop offense against Missouri from 20-plus years ago or so, maybe 1999 circa when Michael Bishop just over and over again for Kansas State was running draws to very much success against a weak Tiger defense. But you know what? The Tiger rush defense actually held up pretty well, and I will say that I thought this was maybe Steve Wilkes' best game as a defensive coordinator for all intents and purposes, because I thought for all all season I've been begging him, especially against Tennessee, especially against Texas A&M, please sell out against the run. Well, guess what? That's exactly what Missouri did tonight. And, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say tonight, this morning, this afternoon. But, of course, they gave up some passes over the top, including that first touchdown, a really nice pass on fourth down by Stetson Bennett, too. Give the Bulldogs some credit there. They've got a lot of really good talent, obviously. But to me, I will live with that. If I'm the defensive coordinator of the Tigers, and I know what I have on the front seven, I know we can't stop the run in our sort of basic defense. I can't just put seven, six men in the box and expect to stop the run. All right, well, fine. I'm going to put eight men in the box and hope for luck. And guess what? That's probably not going to work against Georgia in particular, but I'd much rather do that and force them to execute long passes down the field, which they did, by the way, and and made some really excellent plays on 50-50 balls, notably over Chris Abrams' drain early in the ball game. But again, give the Bulldogs credit. I'll live with that over giving up eight, nine yards a rush, and certainly the Missouri defense did better than that on Saturday. But as for Eli Drinkwitz's plan offensively, again, this is the time of the season when it's time to throw out winning or losing, especially against Georgia. Missouri had no realistic chance to win this football game. And that couldn't have been more clear as this game went along, right? So why not just use this opportunity, use this valuable game time to evaluate who you have on the field? But again, to me, not only was the problem that Missouri unnecessarily rotated the two quarterbacks, Macon and Cook, but also when both young men were in the game, not nearly enough passing down the field. Way too much, especially on third and seven type situations, just conservative, oh, let's run a swing pass to Tyler Beatty. I just didn't like that kind of stuff. Let's For better or worse, let's see what these guys can do in pressure situations. And you you know they're going to throw situations against one of the best defenses in the SEC for the past five, ten years or so. 
to me, that's a golden opportunity to not obviously win or do anything amazing on the football field, but it's a golden opportunity to see what your players have and to learn from it. Because as a quarterback, you don't have that many opportunities to see live rounds, as it were, because in practice, you don't get hit. Well, now's the time where not only can you get hit, but you can buy more time as well. The touch on the back isn't going to be, that's not going to make you down if you're Tyler Macon or Brady Cook. So you truly can buy more time and figure out how this whole football quarterback thing actually works, to put it as simply as I possibly can. Because again, to me, Missouri wasted some really interesting opportunities here to play some young quarterbacks against a really good defense, see what they have, and also learn from the mistakes. But of course, if there is one good piece of news, if you're a Missouri better and you back the Tigers, well, the Tigers did cover that spread. Yes, they did cover the spread over at betonline.ag, only giving up 37 points. You got to be impressed with the people over at BetOnline for setting a fantastic line. You got to give them that. And they are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of NBA and college basketball with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. So whether you're into football or hoops, UFC, or your Vegas casino games, head on over to betonline.ag. And when you do, use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, where the game starts. And by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, well, guess what? You're missing out, my friend. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like your typical protein bar. You know what? You just have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most of these bars in this space are chalky, waxy, and frankly, just hard to get down the old gullet. But Built Bar is a soft covered in 100% real chocolate type of bar that when you bite into it, frankly, you know you're getting something different. And that's what I call quality, my friends. And in fact, you might just swear you're eating a candy bar, speaking of the Halloween season. But you know what? This month, Built is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out and also go to built.com right now use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order once again use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com i will say i'm glad that missouri put tyler Beatty mostly on the shelf for the second half they put him back in his hermetically sealed box. Like, I don't know, almost like a Star Wars limited edition figurine, like the Boba Fett or something. Yes, let's put him back in his plastic case and play with him another day because he genuinely is a gem. And I got worried at the end of the first half when it seemed like, okay, once again, Eli Drinkwitz not really interested in scoring at the end of the first half here, but 
hey, what the heck? Let's just mash Tyler Beatty into the line a couple more times and get him possibly killed. Well, fortunately, they did sit him out for most of the second half, and I thought that was a good analysis of risk versus reward. But I will say, sometimes Eli Drinkwitz, to me, once again, just doesn't quite get risk versus reward. And to be fair, this is something that a lot of human beings these days have difficulty with, including most of your head football coaches. But at one point in the first half, Eli Drinkwitz skews going for a fourth and one in Georgia territory. And okay, if you want to play it conservative, I guess maybe you think that's the way to go. Now, to me, if you're a 38, 39 and a half point underdog, whatever the final line ended up at betonline.ag. Oh yeah, Missouri covered, by the way. Yes. But seriously, if you're that huge of an underdog and you want to have any prayer to win the game, we should probably go balls to the walls and just forget about field goals, right? But if you want to make the other argument, my point is at least be consistent. If you're going to be conservative, at least be consistently conservative. Because if you're not going to go for a fourth and one, then why are you doing a surprise onside kick to start the first half? Now, to be fair to Missouri, that was a pretty well-executed play that obviously Missouri recovered after the ball traveled 10 yards. But unfortunately, there was a player that blocked somebody before the ball was touched by the Tigers. Now, I got to be completely honest with all of you. And I bet if you're honest, I bet if most of of you are honest, you will agree with me on this. I had no idea that that was a rule. Now, it doesn't surprise me that you can't hit a guy before the 10 yards in terms of where the ball is kicked off from. But wow, the guy's 12 yards downfield and he can't hit somebody? That's that's really bizarre to me. I understand the ball hadn't been touched yet, but I think the ball had actually traveled 10 yards as well. I think that was, I assume that's a good call. I've never actually heard of that rule, but what a strange rule. And I have to admit, I don't totally understand why that exists. Does college football, does NFL football, does football at all levels, we just hate onside kicks now? We don't like excitement? I just don't understand the need for that particular rule. But most importantly, regardless of the outcome of that play, let's just think about the percentages. Is it more likely that your offense with Tyler Macon or Brady Cook at quarterback, both of those guys can keep the ball and run with it. We saw that today. Are they more likely to pick up a fourth and one or are you more likely to recover an onside kick? I think it's pretty obvious that the answer is the fourth and one, right? So again, Drinkwitz, I like that you're Mr. I like that you're the swashbuckler at SEC Media Days. I like that you're John Wayne when the time comes with the media. But on game days, can you just please be a little bit more aggressive and sort of justify all of the swagger that you have off of the field? Because to me, it's starting to get a little bit embarrassing how passive he can be on game days. And by the way, okay, the surprise onside kick, I didn't hate it whatsoever, but 
if you're going to do that, go for the fourth and one, too. Let's just do both things, or let's do neither. If we're going to be Herm Edwards, if we're going to be 2011 circa Kansas City Chiefs football, then let's go all in on that. But that's not the way to play football to me, and that's not why I bought into Eli Drinkwitz. I bought into Eli Drinkwitz because I thought he was an innovative offensive mind that would hopefully be more aggressive in fourth down situations, especially when you're a huge, huge underdog. So to me, that's a big disappointment. And also, frankly, the other thing that really disappointed me in this game is that Missouri actually got off to a pretty good start in this game. In the first quarter, they hung in there. But you know what? For the second consecutive year against the Bulldogs, Missouri gives up a blocked punt. And this one in particular was just embarrassing. And I understand that that Georgia is chock full of four-star and five-star talent. And yeah, some of that talent, considering they've had four straight number one overall recruiting classes. Again, let me say that again. Four straight years of number one overall recruiting classes. Well, yeah, some of those guys are going to be on special teams. But Missouri didn't block like two or three of the guys on the left side of their formation. And then we had Grant McKinnis take his sweet time on a rollout rugby-style punt. I just don't understand that. I don't understand the technique. I don't understand the strategy. And mostly because McKinnis has been a really good punter, just doing a straight conventional catch-the-ball-and-kick-it punting style. How about we just keep doing what he was good at? You know, I I expected that Georgia would dominate Missouri today, but just some little things there that are a little bit disturbing if you're a Missouri fan and an Eli Drinkwitz supporter like I am. Hopefully, the guy is just a 38-year-old man and he just needs a little bit more time to learn because there's a lot that Eli still needs to learn, if I'm being brutally honest. So hopefully, he will learn some things moving forward and Missouri will be better for it. But you know what? Once again, looking at the bigger picture, it's all about recruiting. And so far, all the recruits are still in tow for Missouri, right? We see what difference recruiting makes for the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, hopefully Missouri can keep recruiting at a higher level that they have been that's really unprecedented in recent years and really ever. Now, they're not recruiting at a Georgia Bulldog level, but again, for Missouri, Eli's bringing us to a higher level. And that is the number one thing, again, to focus on. Let's not lose focus on that. And you know what? Once again, thank you all for making me your first listen of the podcast day, even if it's, you know, eh, four or five o'clock here in the afternoon. Perhaps I'm not your first listen, but that's what we like to say here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hashtag first listen and make your hashtag second listen locked on sec with chris gordy of sports 790 get all your southeastern conference news in under 30 minutes each and every weekday so until next time i am john miller and this has been locked on mizzou 